Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for ASHP's Practice Journey podcast. This podcast invites members to share their stories about their professional path, lessons learned, and how their experience has shaped who and where they are today. My name is Christy Nguyen, medical surgical pharmacist from Tuality Healthcare, and I will be your host for today's ASHP podcast. With me today are Haley Brazil, internal medicine pharmacist from Houston Methodist Hospital, Amanda Gerberich, drug information specialist from University of Illinois at Chicago College of Pharmacy, Becca Losher, ambulatory care pharmacist from University of Wisconsin Health, and Laura Walsh, pediatric pharmacist from University Hospital Rainbow Babies and Children's Hospital. Let's get started today talking about our topic, how to stay up to date on literature. Our first question, what resources does everyone utilize to stay current on literature? This inquiry was surveyed by the ASHP new practitioner members in which commonly used resources included trusted evidence-based journals, subscription-based resources, and live continuing education opportunities. What are your personal strategies for staying updated on literature? Becca, why don't you start us off? I found journal table of contents and organization newsletters to be helpful as any major publications and updates will likely be reported. For table of contents, I personally use the New England Journal of Medicine. Whether you're a crit care or ambulatory care pharmacist, this journal tends to have any large landmark trials. For those of you that aren't aware, signing up for the table of contents for a journal is free. And then for organizational newsletters, I use ASHP's daily briefings, which also provides a broad range of the literature. Additionally, the news can be a great source for major publications and can often alert you to when you may be getting several questions and phone calls from patients. And how about you, Amanda? Yeah, I really like to use newsletters as well, especially ones that are delivered to me through email. So I have more of a general practice and some of my favorites are the ASHP daily briefing, which can be very good to provide an overview of FDA approvals for new drugs or new indications. I also like Medscape pharmacist emails, which can give you an overview of new guidelines or any practice changing information. So definitely pulling from multiple sources is helpful. Another resource that I like to use is something called the What's New section in Up to Date, and this basically provides practice changing information by specialty. So this can be really helpful if you're working on a project and want to highlight recent practice changing information. So like, for example, if I'm writing a newsletter article, this section can really help me choose a relevant topic. And Laura? So I've had a similar experience as Becca. I find that looking at journal table of contents and organizational newsletters are consistently helpful, especially organizations that are specific for your focus area. So I'm in pediatrics, but I was more traditionally trained in adults. When I was kind of transitioning over, I really utilized Pediatrics in Your Review, which is a part of the journal of the American Academy of Pediatrics. And that was super helpful. Now more in established practice, I look more at the Journal of Pediatrics and Pharmacology and Therapeutics, and I also really use listservs, um, which tend to be put on by your specialist groups. So like I belong to the PPA listserv, and that kind of gives me more up-to-date information on temporary practices or drug shortage management. And Haley, do you have anything to add? 
I would say that I completely agree with everyone's methods so far. One of my main strategies for staying up to date on emerging literature is subscription to major journals with regular email updates and newsletters. So I would say AJHP, New England Journal of Medicine, and JAMA are probably my top three. I also regularly attend CE presentations over topics that I'm mostly unfamiliar with or that are new to me. And I know that ASHP offers a variety of online webinars and CE programs that are useful for self-education as well as board certification or recertification when needed. When other new practitioner members were surveyed, other resources mentioned included the Food and Drug Administration's MedWatch and Institution for Safe Medication Practices Medication Safety Alerts for real-time news on medication-related topics. Other resources can also include trusted organizations, resources, and even social media, such as organizational LinkedIn and Twitter accounts. But with so many options, what methods do you use to avoid information overload? And how do you keep all your materials organized? Amanda? Yeah, so information overload is definitely a huge barrier to staying up to date on literature. I think it's really important to filter information that you're seeing. So in my case, I filter the information that comes to my email inbox. And this can either be by altering and adapting subscriptions that I have to meet my information needs. So information needs change. And I think that's important to recognize the subscriptions that I found useful as a resident are very different from what I find useful now. And even going through residency, my information needs differed based on rotations. So it's important to adapt so that you are seeing the most relevant information to your practice. So for example, on a medication safety rotation, I found it useful to receive notifications for listservs on more operational and safety issues, as well as those ISMP-related information, but that might not always be the most relevant based on the rotation that I was on. And how about you, Laura? So I find that skimming abstracts is really helpful. It can bring up anything new, especially in comparison to what already exists in guidelines, and it can kind of give you a look at what might be changing within practice. I also really like using applications and podcasts. I know as a resident, I have relied heavily on the critical rotation. As a podcast, I would listen to it on my commute to and from work. That's put on by Pharmacy Joe, and it was just kind of a way to gain some baseline knowledge and then know kind of how I had to proceed to look up more information. I know ASHP had previously surveyed some new practitioners, and they also recommended this week by the New England Journal of Medicine and Core IM, which was not necessarily specifically pharmacy focused, but did give a good overview of internal medicine topics. Something else that I found helpful as far as apps go was the Journal Club app. This briefly highlights landmark trials, and I used to use it on rounds sometimes if I didn't know what trial they were referring to or if I just hadn't read that trial in a while. It is not free, however. It's $16.99 on Google Play and the Apple Store. And Becca, how about you? Similar to Laura skimming abstracts, I skimmed the table of contents and newsletters I mentioned earlier for information relevant to my practice. It's easy to get caught up in items that interest you but may not be directly relevant to your practice, so try to stay focused on the items pertinent to you. For example, I treat patients with hypertension, so I try to look at literature published related to hypertension diagnosis or treatments, but I don't typically see patients for heart failure, so I won't read that literature in depth. Like my colleagues, I manage my subscriptions and push notifications, which can change frequently based on my current patient population. 
I also consult my medical librarian. Most institutions have a medical librarian or are associated with an institution that has one. And they have advanced training and information retrieval within various databases. I seek them out and inquire about free subscription services, especially digital libraries, to stay updated on specialty areas. Or if I have a drug information question, I involve them to help me conduct an in-depth literature review on particular inquiries and assist with tailoring search results. As far as organization goes, I stay organized by converting everything to electronic versions. I have both a personal and shared Google Drive amongst colleagues to keep information accessible and updated in real time. Within the drive, materials are sorted into folders labeled with the topic title, and within the folders, articles are labeled with the article title, first author's last name, and year of publication. How about you, Haley? How do you manage your information? For me, I try to do targeted searches for new literature pertaining to cases that I see actively in the hospital. So the applicability to these patients helps me to find the most relevant information and also helps to make what was learned from that literature kind of stick in my memory. I also have a system for staying organized, kind of similarly to how Christy was saying, by saving these articles by the trial name, journal name, and then year of publication into folders that are separated by clinical area, like cardiology, endocrinology, nephrology, and others. Okay, great tips, everyone. In addition to these strategies, how can we use our network as a way to stay up to date on best practices? Amanda? I like to use my network to attend live presentations when able to. So this might be like CE presentations, webinars, or conferences. And these can be really helpful for getting a sense of current practice trends and hot topics. Additionally, my colleagues and I will forward each other newsletters or quick summaries of articles that we come across if we think the information might be relevant to their practice. How about you, Becca? Your fellow new practitioners have used ASHP Connect as a way to disseminate or discuss new literature. And when you're looking at ASHP Connect, think about whether the literature they're referencing or reviewing is relevant to your practice. Sometimes this can be a way to quickly review an article or get other thoughts on new literature. And Haley? I think that conferences are an amazing platform for getting broad exposure to new publications and learning from other specialists in general. I always enjoy attending a diverse set of seminars at conferences just to hear about literature updates and a broad range of practices. Our network is clearly a valuable resource. Additionally, what are some methods that can be employed at an institutional level to stay up to date? First, Becca. At my institution, we have fourth year pharmacy students most blocks in our primary care clinics. So we will save recent journal articles for students to present for their rotation journal club. My coworkers are also great about sharing articles they come across. We all have different subscriptions and organization involvements so are able to share different headlines and articles from our respective subscriptions and organizations. And how about you, Amanda? So pharmacy department newsletters can be really helpful for learning new things. So these might cover uh, recent practice changing information. So definitely look into whether your pharmacy department has these newsletters or maybe you could take charge and create one yourself. With these newsletters, though, I do think it's important to clarify how the topics are chosen. So is it based on cases that are seen at the hospital, based on someone's interests, or is it actually created using a comprehensive systematic approach? And that can be helpful for you to determine how to fill in the blanks that that newsletter might not be covering. And Laura? So the institutions I've been with tend to have students and residents do presentations that review new information kind of like 
my colleagues have said. Becca does bring up also a good point. Utilizing coworkers, even to discuss literature in an informal way, is very helpful in staying up to date. Our department recently developed a new initiative specifically to stay updated on best practices literature in which we have pharmacists develop competency requirements. Further, our department is growing more integral within our healthcare system, so we're starting to incorporate more pharmacy-focused topics into our institution's grand rounds and M&Ms. Other strategies that I have been involved with in the past include a pharmacist-produced regularly scheduled newsletter that includes sections of best practices, as well as a monthly roundup where several department members of an interdisciplinary team meet to share information on high-priority topics. Each representative brings one journal article with enough copies to share with the group and presents a one-sentence summary. The group votes on which article to discuss in depth during the remainder of the meeting. Then at the end, each representative takes away the group's compiled articles to bring back to their departments. Each department then has a better understanding on high-priority topics and stay updated on new and pertinent literature. How about you, Haley? How does your institution help you stay updated? We have regular case presentations and other in-services within the pharmacy internal medicine team, which helps the department stay up to date as a whole, as well as encourages open discussion about new literature. I also regularly attend pharmacy CE presentations and journal clubs with students and residents and some educational presentations with other healthcare providers held at my institution. It is helpful when your profession and institution help you stay updated, but what personal habits can be useful for staying up to date? Amanda? For me, getting into a routine has been really helpful. So for information that comes to me through email, I try to scan the headlines in the email when I go through my email every morning. If I see something that I think will be useful in the future, I will file that newsletter in my inbox so that I can reference it in the future if the topic ever comes up again. I agree. Establishing a routine is crucial. I also use my various roles as external motivating factors to keep myself accountable on my knowledge and skills so that I can be a good pharmacist, a good preceptor, and a good teacher or a good learner. I also try to surround myself with motivated colleagues that encourage lifelong learning, try to avoid negative talk from less motivated colleagues, and engage with the positive talk from more motivated colleagues. And how about you, Haley? Do you have any personal habits that help you out? I think that the most important thing is to always remember that medicine is constantly evolving. Using actual patient cases encourages targeted research while on the job. It motivates me to constantly be learning, improving on my weaknesses, and always put the patient first on a daily basis. I also have a working document shared with colleagues in which we add important points from major trials as they're published. Some colleagues are in different specialties, which helps me to stay up to date on topics outside of my own specialty while providing them with emerging information relevant to my practice area. It's more motivating for us to collaborate within the document and hold each other accountable to stay up to date in a variety of settings. So last question, and I think this is a big one. Time is one of the biggest barriers to staying up to date on best practices literature. What are some ways that you have overcome this barrier? Amanda? Yeah, time is a huge barrier that I definitely had to try to come up with ways to overcome to stay up to date. So I rely a lot on information to be pushed to me in my email inbox so that I don't need to take the time to go and forage for the information myself. I set aside time to review my email every morning. So I really group in staying up to date on the literature with that email review time. I usually do this when I get to work or on my way to work if I take public transportation. So part of me going through my email is reviewing the newsletters that are emailed to me. When I first tried to make a habit 
out of staying up to date on information, I would try to read the email in its entirety, which became very time consuming. And I found myself just skipping past the emails without ever reviewing them. So I finally learned that what works for me and is more realistic for my time constraints is to really just read those headlines and then focus my review of information on the headlines that I can apply to my practice. Agreed. How about you, Becca? So similar to Amanda, my suggestion is to put time on your calendar at regular intervals to dedicate to literature, whether that be every morning while checking email, like Amanda mentioned, or two hours every other Monday night. As you review literature more regularly, you will learn how much time you are willing and need to dedicate to stay up to date in your practice area. Another strategy is you can also utilize chore time or while exercising to review articles. For example, I listen to webinars, article reviews, or summary of articles while sweeping or folding laundry. One resource I found helpful is Pharmacist Letter, which tends to be useful for an ambulatory care pharmacist, and it provides relevant, timely webinar reviews of literature and hot topics in ambulatory care pharmacy. And Laura, how do you manage your time when staying updated? I, again, like to schedule time to skim. And that has been most valuable for me. I recently started using an app called Stay Focused, and this allows me to keep a timer as well as a to-do list in the same application. And that's helped me stay organized on what I want to go through next. As I kind of previously mentioned, utilizing commute time has also been a big assist in keeping me up to date on literature and especially listening to podcasts. Even if it's just to kind of give a brief overview and then to go back to it later, at least it kind of allows you to give more focus. A great discussion, everyone. And that's all the time we have today. I want to thank Haley, Amanda, Becca, and Laura for joining us today to discuss staying updated on best practices literature. And thank you for listening. Join us here every Thursday where we'll be talking with ASHP member content matter experts on a variety of clinical topics. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.